This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Hi everyone, this is episode 14 of the Christian Circle Podcast. Welcome and uh, we hope you're having a wonderful season. I know it's Thanksgiving tomorrow and basically everyone's traveling and is busy. A few things before we start the podcast, I want to apologize, the quality is not really that good. We recorded under very difficult circumstances. I was traveling, the audio is, is slightly distorted, but uh, we've treated the audio and I hope that you can still listen and enjoy the podcast, although it is not as good as it usually is. The second thing I want to say is we're taking requests for next year, so we've decided to plan what we're going to be talking about through the rest of the year next year at a retreat. In December and so before the 10th of December if you have something that you want to talk about or you want to hear a discussion on or you want spiritual direction let us know what that is it could be anything it could be parenting it could be marriage it could be in life as long as it is related to Christian living we'd be happy to talk about it and find guests who can give you spiritual direction so before the 10th of December let us know what it is that you're looking for also share this podcast with as many people as you can you never know when the holy spirit will enlighten people get out on social media like us send comments leave your reviews it's really a blessing and uh, we really enjoy hearing back from people who say well you know this affected me i learned so and so and this has made a difference so share us on your social media if there is any station that you particularly listen to and you want us to be there on that digital station let me know and i will do my best to get us there we are currently on stitcher itunes soundcloud and every other major digital station out there so if there's one that you're using and you want us to be there let me know and i'll do my best uh, we have a special guest today gretchen is going to talk about uh, advent and the spiritual preparation before christmas and celebrating christmas season and not christmas day alone she also talks about praying over the gifts that you give for Christmas and she talks about how you should give gifts that spiritually enrich people's lives. So I know this is a shameless plug but but if there is somebody out there who knows Christian single women I would encourage you to look at my book see if you can give that as a gift and if you want a free copy as well I could email a free e-copy to any library, any group, any uh, Christian single outfit that is out there so that it could benefit as many Christian single women. Uh, also take a look at our merchandise. Another request is that if you get a chance, please speak to our guests or interviewees who show up on the show. They have a big social media presence out there. They write uh, and share a lot about their faith and beliefs. Engage with them. Um, create a dialogue with them. Share them with your friends and family. Hopefully we can be and build a better community online uh, instead of all the other bashing that goes on out there. So with that, I just leave you with podcast and wishes special wishes from my family to yours for thanksgiving i am truly grateful and thankful for the opportunity to share this ministry with every one of you and i'm grateful for all of you being an audience and being part of our our community so thank you so much for you know sharing and being a part of us giving us your time and your years to listen to what we have to say so thank you so much have a wonderful safe thanksgiving and uh, hopefully we'll see you in time for christmas Here's the show. My name is Gretchen Mills, and I work for CatholicCompany.com, and I'm a Catholic convert, and my um, job there is to blog and just write and teach about the Catholic faith through the various platforms that we have. So we have GetFed.com, which is our blog. We have MorningOffering.com, which is a Catholic daily devotional. 
So I'm the editor and curator for that daily devotional. Also have a new sort of series that we launched or a new platform that we launched that has a content series on it called goodcatholic.com. So I now write these these uh, content series that we have. The first one I did was a 30-day series on Our Lady of Fatima. And right now I'm in a 21-day content series on Mary and Doer of Not. And so we have a lot more coming out in the next year, about six or seven new series. So that, that's what I do um, for the Catholic Company. So it is it, the Catholic Company. Although we are an online store, we very much it's also part ministry. So we care very much about not only selling devotional religious products to our customers, but also informing them in their Catholic faith and teaching them uh, why we use these things, how to go deeper in their faith, and that my role there as a company is to help facilitate that process. So in a way, your job is kind of like your ministry, right? It's like it serves dual purposes. Yeah, it, it's definitely. I consider it to be a, a personal apostolate. If well I, I definitely do because it takes it's not easy to write about it's not something that you can just go to work and do and leave work it's it, in like i have to also in order to even be able to write about these things i also have to have my faith and have a deep devotional life because i can't i can't give something that i don't have so i can't write about these things i can't explain how all of these things work i don't have that in my own life so certainly outside of work uh, I, i definitely have to make sure that i'm keeping up with my spiritual discipline and practicing my, my faith in, in in the best way that i know so that I can uh, benefit others who read my work. And I read some of your work. I mean, you had uh, a couple of posts on Advent and Christmas on your website and a couple of other websites. And I was quite impressed with, with what I read there. And given that we're going into this Thanksgiving Christmas season, you know, I think we've lost this meaning of, of Christmas and preparation in a spiritual sense. So can you explain why this is just not simply a holiday or just any other season? Why is this so special? Why is this so important? Um, well, I think it's important to keep in mind that Christmas is a liturgical season, and it most um, there's two principal times of year for Catholics that are the highest holy days of the year, Christmas and Easter. And so that's why Christmas is such a big deal out in the culture, because, hey, it's presents, it's Christmas trees, it's reindeer and snowmen. And the, the fact that it's such a big deal in the culture, I think, signifies that it should be a big deal in our spiritual life, except I don't think that we approach it appropriately considering what it is. So the secular world kind of really disconnects it from Jesus's birthday. But for example, non-Catholic Christians, they do understand that it's Jesus's birthday, but they, they don't really understand um, the richness and the depth and the meaning and the beauty behind it. And I, I got to experience that as a, as a Catholic. So that's one of the posts that I have written, Celebrating Christmas Like Catholics, where I just describe that transition of celebrating Christmas as a Protestant and then moving to celebrating it as a Catholic and just how much it exploded for me. It, it's that richness, it's beauty, and understanding what it truly is because I don't really think that I ever understood what Christmas really was in Catholic until I learned the Incarnation. It's a celebration of the Incarnation of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh coming well with us and, and um, what that means. I never learned about the Incarnation as, as a non-Catholic. I mean, I suppose I you know understood it in some sense, but I didn't really understand what a big deal that is. God comes and takes his flesh with us. And then also the importance of the Advent season that precedes Christmas, how it's four weeks long. Yeah. So again, to enter into a time of anticipation for the arrival of Christ, that is what the world and, you know, from the fall of Adam and Eve, the tradition is that it was about 4,000 years from the time of the of the world's creation to the creation of Jesus Christ. And so the world waited quite a long time for the birth of Jesus. And the world was in sin and darkness. There was a lot of hope. 
Um, we have the whole promise in Genesis when, when God prophesied that, that the world's Savior would come in the Proto-Evangelium. I mean, there was a lot of prophecies in the Old Testament, but, but the, the arrival of the Messiah hadn't come. So the fact that the world waited for 4,000 years, darkness of sin, and then in the hopeful longing that one day a Savior would come and save us from our sins, we know it's incredible. See, we don't really understand that on this side of the incarnation, because Christ already comes. We look back at it. But if we think about the other side of the incarnation, is, is that the people of God waited for a long time. So the four weeks of Advent is a way of tapping into that anticipation um, and that hopeful expectation and waiting of the birth of Messiah as they did. So each of the four weeks of Advent can symbolize thousand years. So every week you go through um, the Advent season, it's, it's like a thousand years waiting to the point where we get to the 4,000 years. So, yeah, it's just it's a beautiful season, beautiful time that we can enter into. And I, I, I only think that we can truly celebrate Christmas if we are fully entering into the Advent season and gathering up all the, the richness there for us to ponder so that we can kind of get what a big deal the Incarnation was. You mentioned that Advent is four weeks long. Also, why is it important that we should prepare? I mean, why is it important that people should spiritually prepare? Uh, a lot of people might say, well, okay, 4,000 years back and now we're looking to the future. But how has this helped you spiritually and how can we convince other people that this will spiritually help them, that Advent will make a difference? Well, I think it's important because um, we need to remember that there's actually two comings of Christ. So Christ came in, in the flesh at Bethlehem. So it's been now 2,000 years since uh, Jesus came to us in Bethlehem. Um, and he's present here on earth, but he's promised that he will return at the end of time. So Christian, the, the, the hope of the people of God in the Old Testament times was waiting for the birth of the Messiah to save us from our sins. And the hope of Christians today is waiting for the second coming of Jesus and the hope of the resurrection. So people in the Old Testament, they endured in sorrow um, because of the world of sin that they lived in waiting for the coming of Christ. And I think in the same way, we do as well. The, the people of God in the Old Testament kind of taught us how we, we wait and we anticipate the coming of Christ. Because just as they waited, so we wait too in the second coming. We endure um, a lot, you know, a thousand years since, since Christ came, but we also have that hopeful longing and action for his second coming. So whenever we enter into the Advent season, it is a reminder the Advent means coming and that Jesus is going to come back and how should we behave? Prayer and, um, and, and sacrifice, penance and almsgiving as we await the of Christ because we know that he will need to be ready. So I think the importance of celebrating Advent is to remember that just as Christ came in Bethlehem, he's coming back again. And this is what Advent does have. It brings us back to the center of our faith, which is Jesus Christ and ensure that we prepare our hearts. So in the Old Testament, they, they prepared um, for his coming in, in Bethlehem, and we prepare his coming in the clouds, the, the sound of the trumpet, um, when, when at, the, at the time of the resurrection at the end of time. You wrote about uh, 12 tips to make Advent more meaningful. And uh, can you share some of these important ones so that people can infuse this into their own Christmas prep, into their own Advent? Uh, well, I think um, most... Uh, most families or most Catholic families at least probably participate in the Advent wreath tradition, but I think it would be a neat thing if, if families, this is what I wrote about in my 12 tips, I think it would be a neat thing if families took that up a notch. So, for example, when the families light a candle each Sunday of Advent, why not make a big celebration out of it? Why not invite friends or family over for each of the Sundays of Advent and create a traditional meal according to their culture or according to the season? 
and uh, light the fan, light the candle together as a group, not just as a family, but inviting um, other people to in, enjoy that with you. And I think that's a wonderful way of evangelizing the faith for those um, people who may not have that tradition or um, who, who otherwise may not really celebrate the Advent season. Is you can you can help them enter into that time of preparation. So I think a beautiful way to do that is just have like a mini prayer service, if you will. Have everyone come over, have a nice dinner, even a campfire, something like that. And maybe towards the end of the night, maybe you light a candle on the Advent wreath, you say a little prayer, and then everybody goes home and then do that each of the four weeks of Advent. And I think that's a really neat way to practice hospitality and evangelize our faith and to do uh, spiritual works of mercy for those who may not have a deep relationship with God. And hopefully that would foster uh, that relationship. So I think that's a beautiful way that we can celebrate the Advent season. Uh, I also wrote some other tips about uh, devotional reading. So that's pretty standard. I think most people tend to do that kind of devotional reading, but I do think it's essential, and it's something that we should, wouldn't, shouldn't forget. Um, one of the things, I don't know if I included that in my 12 tips, but I really love the um, St. Andrew's Christmas Novena, and that is a, a tradition where you pray what's called the St. Andrew Christmas Novena Prayer, because St. Andrew's Feast Day actually determines um, when the first day of Advent starts. And because he was the first apostle called by our Lord, and he's the one that actually introduced Simon Peter who to Christ. And so that's why Advent um, is the appropriate, or that's why his Advent, the date when Advent starts is the Sunday closest to Feast Day because he is the first called apostle. So it's a beautiful tradition. But the St. Andrew Novena prayer is prayed every day from St. Andrew's Feast on November 30th to Christmas Eve. And it's called Hail and Blessed is the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desire through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. So I fell in love with that prayer, and you recite it 15 times a day for a special intention from November 30th to um, Christmas Eve, and I think that is an incredible, I mean, if you do nothing else for Advent, I would like that. Um, and I think it would uh, it goes a long way. It, it, you recite it 15 times because it becomes a beautiful meditation as you think about each of the words, and it just impresses on our minds the importance of the incarnation and how the incarnation, Christ is, is coming present to us, means is indwelling in our souls. Not lighting up uh, Christmas decorations immediately after Thanksgiving. You suggested doing it through Advent slowly. That was, I think, one of your... It, I think it would, um, it kind of goes in rhythm with liturgical season and rather maybe we put up a few lights every day at Advent and then your house progressively becomes more light and more decorated as you progress throughout Advent. And that is also um, a beautiful thing that you can do for St. Lucy's Feast Day in December. Um, Lucy's name means light and her feast day falls in the Advent season. So that could also be a day that would be appropriate for, you know, turning on your Christmas lights is for the Feast of St. Lucy that falls during the Advent season. But in any case, I just think it's nice to recall we shouldn't start the celebration as if Christmas is already here by have everything pulled back out. I think doing something that is progressive in the, in, in the sense that we're doing a little bit at a time could be a better way to do it. I mean, I'm not knocking those who put everything up all at once, but I, I'm just trying to think if, if we can move with the rhythm of the liturgical season and correspond our actions accordingly. And in that way, when we have all of the light fully on, if you know, on that last Sunday of Advent, we're more inclined to want to keep them up for the whole 12 days of Christmas. What about the almsgiving, penance, and, and all of those things? Yeah, so one of the ways that, um, that saints have taught that makes our prayer more powerful is when we accompany our prayer with prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And this is done, in, of course, in a major way during the season of Lent, prepared for the Passion of Christ, to prevent 
race ritual celebration. The Advent is also, as I mentioned before, is known as the Little Lamb. So it's a way of doing little things, little sacrifices. Um, and there's also a beautiful Advent tradition, especially for children. So the principle behind this is you have an empty Christmas crate or, or an empty Christmas crib, and children are taught to make little acts of, of sacrifice every day of Advent. And for every act of sacrifice, they add pieces of straw to the cradle, and then on Christmas Eve, the baby Jesus figurine is pra- is placed in the crèche, and the baby Jesus is made warm and comfortable by the hay that's in the cradle, which symbolizes all of the child. So what this teaches children and us is that we make room in our hearts by making daily um, acts of sacrifice, daily penances, by which break all of those things that we are attached to. In our soul, we, when we begin to break off our attachments outside of our by um, giving to other people and, and making sacrifices on behalf of others, it, it detaches us from those things that keep us away from God. So as we're making the sacrifices throughout Advent, we're becoming more and more free and creating more and more room in our hearts. And there, therefore, when, when Christmas comes, we can really enjoy the fullness of Christ's presence because we've also made room for him. To, to give it more space in our souls for him to dwell because he can't, you know, Christ's dwelling presence with us through his sacramental grace is not really made operative as we cling to all of these. So um, that, that's the, the principle behind it. You have some very specific advice about um, taking gifts, especially Christmas gifts. So can you tell people about that, especially since now a lot of people will go crazy shopping and buying a lot of stuff. What is your advice about getting Christmas gifts for people? Okay, so <laughs> we um, live in a uh, completely materialistic culture and consumerist culture. And that is, um, although that's unfortunate, we can make people more mindful of, of the presence of God and their relationship with God and get them to start thinking about that by giving them um, some type, sort of gift of faith, whether that is a devotional book or a saint medal or um, a prayer card, a rosary, anything like that, that um, is something that they can benefit from spiritually. So rather than, you know, a DVD or a new smartphone, you know, all of these electronic devices, cameras, you know, all of these things that we constantly give as kids, um, if, if we can remind them of, of, of God and to think of God, if we give something that is um, devotional in nature and that that um, that brings their heart to God or their mind to God. And I think this is especially important in our day and age because we're almost um, in a crisis of our culture. I mentioned that we have this, you know, consumerism and materialism, but there's also a lot of suffering because they're prevalent in, in society and because God is locked out in, in so many ways um, that, that people find a hard time connecting with God and they don't really know how to do that. And a lot of people are, are suffering severely from anxiety and depression, um, especially among young. Suicide is, is at an all-time high. And people out there are really suffering. So I don't think that we can underestimate, I mean, even among our friends and family, um, you know, people don't don't openly talk about these things a lot of times. A good thing to do is is maybe just pray to your guardian angel. And when, when you're thinking about a gift to give to somebody, ask, we can we can maybe just ask our, our guardian angel to ask their guardian angel. You know, what what could I give them that would be the perfect thing to help their relationship with God at this point where they are in their life? And the the Holy Spirit will lead you to pick just the right book. You know, to get it to get the right person is not easy because there's so many and people are at different levels and different places in their in their spiritual walk, and it, it's not easy to. Pick just the right thing, but you can uh, your guardian angel to, to do that work for you, and you can know that it would be something that 
God would be very pleased with. You know, do you think God wants everyone to be saved and he wants to draw all souls closer to himself? And if you're asking to participate in that and cooperate that by getting just the right gift for another person that would do that in their lives, I think that would be that that would be something that that God would, would allow our angels to be able to communicate to us. So I would do that. I would pray about it and give them something, whether it's a patron saint medal or, you know, a rosary, a book, just something um, that reminds them about their relationship with God, I think is really important at Christmas time because it's a celebration of the birth of Christ. And he is the one who is the center, the center of our being, the center of, the, of our world, and, and center of our life. And you should get at least one gift for everybody that, that you do get gifts for that, that uh, symbolizes I think that's fantastic. I mean, to be able to pray and then decide on a gift and then give a spiritual gift, I think that's, that's great advice. That's really good. Yeah, we have these spiritual tools at our disposal, so we should use them. So you also talk about uh, celebrating all 12 days of Christmas. Now, I know a lot of people just take down the stuff before before the, the feast, and uh, by New Year, they're done with Christmas. So tell people about these 12 days of Christmas and how they can celebrate more of the Christmas season instead of just um, well, the 12 days of Christmas are, um, Christmas traditionally ends on Epiphany. Uh, I wrote a whole blog post about that. Does Christmas end on Epiphany? And there's so, there's so many um, different um, traditions as to when is the actual end of Christmas because you think Christianity is 2,000 years old and it's practiced in different cultures and, and different eras and epochs. And, and so there was some um, you know, discrepancy, like for example, for a long time in the East, it was Epiphany that was a celebration of the birth of Jesus, not, not Christmas. They were, they were a Christmas and Epiphany were like one thing. And in the Latin church, those two days are separated. But anyhow, on the 12 days of Christmas, from Christmas Day, the birth of Christ, up into the Feast of the Epiphany, when the Magi came and presented their gifts before the baby Jesus. And so this is where the whole concept of, of giving um, gifts at Christmas and celebration of the birth of Jesus comes from. That's what the Magi did. So this is what we where the tradition comes from. So um, the 12 days of Christmas are traditionally, we, we celebrate um, the Feast of Christmas. Typically in, in the Old Testament, the cel- there is a, is celebrating the Feast for an octave, which is, that comes from the, the Old Testament celebrations of the great festivals and of, of the Jews, and it carries over into um, Christianity. Major feast days are celebrated for eight days. So, for example, eight days after Easter, we have Divine Mercy Sunday. The higher orders have an octave that we celebrate. But in the case of Christmas, it goes 12 days to the Feast of Epiphany. And so the best thing to do is celebrate all the days of Christmas in, in many cultures, and it has been even in the Catholic Church for, for many years. It's just lost in our modern times. Epiphany was a very major feast day of the Catholic Church. So after, after Christmas and Easter, Epiphany was right up there, same way after Easter Pentecost. So you have Easter and Pentecost, and then you have Epiphany as, as major days. And so Epiphany was all, is also a major gift-giving day in many cultures, even more so than Christmas. And so I think it's important to um, remember as Catholics that Christmas doesn't end on December 26th. Uh, we keep the Christmas celebrations going to Epiphany. And I think a good way to do that, I, you know, so many people are have a lot of holiday time planned or time off work planned between Christmas and, and New Year's. Why not save your Christmas parties to the week after Christmas? I think that's the perfect time. Because in the in the months of December, in the days of December before Christmas, you know you're busy with your cooking, your your shopping, your you know all the things that you're doing to prepare for Christmas, and then you're bombarded with Christmas parties. You have your office Christmas party, your your friends Christmas party, um, your church Christmas party. There's there's so much of that going on, but Advent supposed to be a time of prayer and penance. So I mean we're doing all these parties all during Advent, and it just doesn't seem right. So save all of your parties. 
until after Christmas. I think that is just a brilliant idea because people's schedules aren't as busy because, you know, that, that time of starting in the new year is things are more slowed down. So I think that's a perfect time to do a lot of your celebrating, you're visiting with family and friends and, and all of that. I think it really requires planning and, uh, and intention in order to keep Advent Advent as a quiet prayer, reflection, meditation, and then kind of move all of your Christmas activity and fun and celebration and joy and feasting and merriment. So the 25th all the way up to Epiphany on January 6th. I think it's the proper way to do it. It's the way people did it for a long time, which is our, our modern days where we've really gotten that completely flipped and distorted. Just a ruination of the soul for you to make changes in your life that correspond to the reality. The spiritual year is, is heaven's time clock corresponding um, we should um, we, we should remember that the liturgical calendar is is God's clock. It's the church's time. It's God's time, which means it's heaven's time. And we should correspond all of our actions to, to this reality that that God is a clock, and we should align all, all of our actions and our festivities accordingly, and not get them out of order. So I think when we do all of our feasting and merriment and, and all of that kind of stuff during the Advent season, it kind of upsets what Advent is meant to be as, as a quiet time, waiting and longing, penance and sacrifice. You know, not to have the feasting and the merriment and the joy and the gift giving during Advent. All of that is meant for after Christmas, and Christmas is a long season. So I think as much as possible, we should um, make the conscientious decision, which will be tough, it's countercultural, um, to move all of the feasting and merriment to after Christmas um, and really make that concerted effort to line ourselves up with God's cause. I think that even one of the points on one of your posts was about Advent calendars, and I just add to that, I mean, instead of just the Advent calendar, you should have the liturgical calendar for the whole year. And then there are so many feasts after the 25th, you've got the Innocents, then you've got the Marian feast. And maybe people can attend all of those feasts and masses and, and celebrate all of those rites with their families. Yeah, I, I think totally, and I think you just have to start a movement. I mean, start a chain email. Everybody on it. Get everybody on the chain email and just say, this year we're going into goodbye. This year we're doing Advent Christmas right. You know, just just get everybody involved because I think we all want and just need to start a liturgical revolution. We'll actually conform or act appropriately with a liturgical calendar. And so start start a chain email. Send it to all your family and friends and just say, look, this is what we're doing this year. We're going to move all of our parties, all of our festivities, you know, until the, we're going to celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. We're going to have parties and all that. I, I think that's just a better way to do it. <laughs> But it's gonna, it's hard. It's counterculture. You can't be the only one doing it because you're gonna be the opposite of people with you. You know, be, be um, the one who decides that we're gonna do things differently this year. Any any last bits of advice that you have for people who are starting with their Advent? Who are the reward will be really great. I, I think really focus on the prayer and spend more time with prayer. What I would do is make an intention to carve out some of your time, even if it requires giving up TV or taking a shorter lunch break at work so that you get earlier to spend more some time in prayer. Uh, the number one thing that I would do is um, spend more time in prayer and just ask the Lord to, to show you why Advent is, is so special, what the incarnation means, why should I be participating in the season. And I think through that prayer that he'll instill in your heart a love, a love for the baby Jesus, a love for the liturgical season and, and what it means. And then um, when you begin to do that, we, we can't help but notice the effects. I mean, when you're making more room in your life for God, you'll be happier. And, and God will show us that that joy. I mean, it doesn't mean that we don't have trials and temptations, but through it, there's like a sustaining current of joy underneath those things. 
So I think I, I just think it's the best way to celebrate Christmas. I mean, it's the way the way we do it now. It's I think it's just depressing. <laughs> Where we just with all the shopping and it's exhausting. And so if people want to speak to you, or contact you, or reach out to you, can you share your links or where they can find you online? I am on Facebook under Gretchen Phil. Yeah, Google my Facebook page and then it should come up. And you can send me a message, and I see that I'm on Facebook all day, every day. <laughs> so, um, so thank you so much for for taking the time out of your schedule and you know coming on this show because a lot of people say no to doing this podcast. You know, we all have to do what we can and um, participate in building others' faith as much as we can. So it's just we all have our own audiences. We all reach people in different ways, and every little bit is necessary to reach just the right people that God is wanting us to reach. Mm-hmm.